This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Hey everybody, welcome to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs. I'm an evolutionary astrologer and channel uh, living on the web at tdjacobs.com. And uh, tonight's show is a caller and listener emailer question grab bag. Uh, I have a handful of, uh, of questions to bring to you, and I am going to take your questions in the last half of the show. So figure just after the 30-minute mark, uh, you're going to call in with your questions and your birth data. Uh, the number, keep it, write it down and keep it handy for that point, 877-230-3062. I have three events coming up uh, that are pretty exciting, and um, they're very different kinds of events. <laughs> um, uh, November 9th, which is just a few days away, today's the 6th, uh, is the next uh, channeling event where I'm going to bring Archangel Metatron, who's kind of a kick-ass Archangel with uh, helping people and moving energy and kind of transforming things, and uh, Ascended Master Jehudi, who's uh, witty and sly and funny and uh, supportive and helpful. So I'm going to channel both of them while they do energy work through me on all the callers. It's really intense, and it's wonderful. And that's happening uh, 10 to 10 a.m. to 11:30 a.m. Pacific time this uh, Saturday, uh, November 9th. And apparently, uh, the timing is such that um, the sun will be still on uh, transiting Saturn in Scorpio. So this this idea of um, transformation is uh, kind of coming up in kind of a loud way. Uh, you know, we had the, we're having the Mercury retrograde in Scorpio and uh, Saturn met the sun, uh, I guess, uh, maybe yesterday through transit or today. And um, and on the new moon eclipse, uh, on the third, uh, retro Mercury and Saturn in Scorpio flanked the new moon at 11. Scorpio. So anyway, it's a lot of, of pushing your buttons, trying to get you to transform. So we scheduled this event for Saturday, November 9th to do that. Um, there's plenty of room for everybody. You should call in. And if you can't call in, get the MP3 afterwards. Uh, you can either register for that now or after the event. Uh, you can let, let me know in an email if you won't be on the call. But there are people, um, I think, from five different countries who are going to be calling in uh, live. And it's going to be, it's going to be a great, uh, great transformative event. Anything that makes you doubt yourself, your life, your creativity, your right to be here, your, uh, you know, the, the value of you and the world, anything where you doubt that you should do what you want to do. Do you doubt the fact that, or the idea that your needs are important, that you should be heard, that your voice is important? Anything that's up for you about, about self-doubt, uh, during your human life is transformation here. So this is, this is a really incredible thing. I encourage you to tdjacobs.com forward slash time and look for November 9th on that calendar. And uh, register for the event. That's the first event. Uh, and I've been getting my prep for maybe almost three weeks at this point, being shown what makes me doubt myself and show, and then I'm working with how to transform those things and meditating daily with Jehudi and Metatron and getting some energy work done. So everybody's transforming. Uh, the second event is uh, the Lilith webinar 
Uh, it's all about the true Black Moon Lilith on November 21st. This is uh, the fifth in a five-part series put on by astrologer Adam Allenbos, who was a guest on the show a few weeks ago. Um, and it's Astrology at the Edge of Consciousness. You can find out more about this. Uh, go to tdjacobs.com, and on the right-hand side, there's a link to go check it out and register. And uh, I've watched the first two uh, talks or presentations. The first one was by Adam, and the second was by Patricia Walsh, who also does reincarnation stuff. She's an evolutionary astrologer, too. And uh, I've seen both of them, and they're great. And I know that Linda Hill's uh, Delio this Thursday and Eric Francis's the following Thursday are going to be great as well. Uh, so five speakers kind of pushing the boundaries, pushing the, the envelope when it comes to using astrology to address uh, issues uh, with conscious. So I encourage you to sign up for that. And my part on that is uh, November 21st. And the third event is actually kind of a, almost kind of a last minute thing. I'm going to be in, uh, Michigan, in Troy, Michigan, in the Detroit area, on November 23rd from 7 to 9 p.m. So if you're hearing this and you're in that area, uh, come on out to, uh, Yoga Troy and, and the flyer is linked from tdjacobs.com from the homepage. I'm, I'm really excited about this. Some, some friends of mine, uh, that I've met before is uh, AP in Southern California, uh, live there and have a yoga studio called Yoga Troy. And, um, we've talked about, you know, for a couple of years off and on, if I'm in an area, you know, maybe I'll come by and do an event because they do a lot of Kundalini yoga events and sound healing stuff with gongs, with planetary gongs, uh, is a normal part of their, their practice and they have quite a little following uh, in that area. So so I'm going to be doing a meet your soul workshop, uh, working with participants who show up on their charts and introducing this concept of soul, similar to the one I did in Venice a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, those are three events. Uh, oh, and the other announcement is the Soul's Journey Soundbites. Um, I recently looked at how many people have gotten their soundbites, whether they purchase in their own or um, receive them as a gift. And I was really surprised to see that in two years, the 270 people have received these 20-minute uh, files. When they were 15 minutes long, well, that's when the, you know, the video I did on YouTube explains that it's 15 minutes. Uh, they were always 20. So I just made it 20. I just made it 20. And now they're always you know, 23 to 24. Um, anyway, these 20-minute videos, 270 people, either video or MP3. So I brought back the video. Uh, which is, you know, like me talking at you uh, through your uh, computer. Anyway, uh, really excited about that. You can go to tdjacobs.com forward slash store.html and get those. Um, and these are great gifts. Like a lot of people have given them as gifts. And in different years, I do a promotion uh, around the end of the year. And this year, uh, two soundbite MP3s are 45 bucks, which is five bucks off uh, total. So, so you want to go to tdjacobs.com and check that out. Okay, now we're moving in to um, to uh, the the questions, and one is from uh, Tracy, who very patiently she wrote me several weeks ago, right after she heard the show uh, where Adam Allenbach was interviewed, and um, she sent me this great question, and then I uh, last week forgot to do it because we had the Anthony Diaz interview uh, between those weeks, the pre-record. So with Adams, I mentioned his yod. And uh, so she asked me about her yachts. I'm going to give you her birth data, and you can follow along and um, and uh, see what you can get out of the chart. And I'll, I'll explain the things here. Uh, November uh, 24th, 1961, 8:36 p.m. in Metairie, Louisiana. It's M-E-A-I-R-I-E. 
Yeah. Okay. So um, she's asking about uh, the odds, and she says she hasn't really, or she's rarely heard anyone talk about them in a way that seems useful to her. So she's wondering what I might say about how to uh, how to deal with these odds. In general, with a yod, you have um, pressure on the thing being pointed at. So a yod technically is two planets that are in sextile each other, you know, about sixty degree aspect. And they are each quincunx, about 150 degrees from a third planet. And um, when you have a quincunx, it's a can be a very uncomfortable kind of thing. And most of what I've heard about quincunxes isn't encouraging. So I really researched it and thought about it. And this is what I have to say about quincunxes: you, you naturally will favor one energy over the other within your psyche, within your life, and therefore the one you don't emphasize a lot kind of withers a little bit or maybe doesn't feel like it can breathe uh, full breaths and really be active and alive. So then you create a vacuum energetically for someone else to come and do that energy, but you're not comfortable with that energy. So it's a really weird experience and it can, it's usually being surprised about something out of the field because the two bodies in quincunx don't understand each other, they don't have a quality or an element in common. Uh, you know, typically we will talk about air and fire getting along together, you know, a sextile relationship around the wheel, like Aries, um, you know, Gemini, Leo, Libra, and then water and earth as well, kind of, and it's not like uh, it's exclusive, but kind of like they, fl- they seem to flow well together. They seem to, to not be in uh, competition with each other or something like this. But when you have uh, quincunks, um, it's completely different. They don't have anything in common, so it tends to be a misunderstanding. So in your psyche, you have to um, actively, consciously, intentionally go back and forth between these two energies. And it's hard because you prefer one over the other. You don't like doing it because it's this other one seems really out of place. Now, put two of them together, pointing in one direction, and have this great deal of tension, energy, and focus and emphasis that can go to that to that other plant. Uh, in Tracy's chart, uh, there, there are a couple to look One is um, uh, Mars-Sun conjunction in Sagittarius in the, fi- in the fifth, sextile Jupiter in the seventh, and each, is quin- each of those uh, things is quincunx, moon, and cancer in the twelfth. So in this case, Jupiter... And then Sun, Mars are kind of having a conversation together. Sextiles are not combative or weird. They're kind of like, hey, that sounds great. You should go do this. And the other one says, hey, great. I, I love doing that. Let's, and it's kind of a, kind of a, sometimes a little poke in the ribs, sometimes encouraging, sometimes tickling, but it, it's not always uh, seeming really difficult. And then they're both pointed at the moon and it can feel to the moon as though all this energy is being ganged up on it. If that's a phrase that I can use, um, but anyway, now now for Tracy personality, great emphasis on Moon and Cancer from the twelfth is going to be needed. Now it could come out in billions of different ways. It could be that um, she periodically has to have really intense uh, emotional release through crying. You know, it could be that she has to um, uh, really watch the tendency to have these periodic releases of energy about emotional eating. It could be a bunch of different things about moon and cancer, but it's about the feeling of safety, pressure on her feeling of safety. And in the 12th house, because I'm saying cancer, uh, safety and security, 
because of the twelfth house, there may be a sense of being grounded with it. So she might be going about her business and then be triggered emotionally, and this thing could kind of hang over because it's the finger of a yod. The finger of a yod meaning the thing that each quincunx points to. They're each uh, these other planets point to. So there's a great emphasis, and the finger of a yod, planet that's receiving the two quincunxes, uh, often you know, they say it's like a finger god. It's like it can feel that God is pointing at you, like God herself himself is pointing at you. And it can feel that this thing is inescapable. So, so family may feel inescapable. Loss, moon in the 12th, may feel inescapable and kind of hanging over her. So that's kind of one, one way to look at this. But it's like the Jupiter, Mars, Saturn seem to get along, and they're both in a weird relationship with moon that, that, seem to, that will result in the feeling of pressure. Uh, it's a basic formula looking at a yod. Um, oftentimes, like I said, that you can't, the feeling is that you can't escape this thing. Um, and now in this situation, I said quincunx is they aren't sure how to be in the same room together. With this kind of energy, um, with the sextile kind of builds energy often, consistently. And then the quincunx to the, you know, two quincunxes, 150 degree aspects are going to try to seek release through this energy. So some people, like I said, pure release and other people, it's going to be a constant pressure. And it just depends on uh, different factors, how they approach it, what they think is happening. Do they control energies? Do they stifle things? Are they afraid to express the planet that's being pointed at? So different factors will influence that. So, uh, so, you know, as far as a positive strategy, you know, stuff in relationships, Jupiter in the seventh, uh, and then also creative expression and your will and your sense of being a unique individual. And do you have elbow room? Can you expand and can you really inhabit fully your sense of self in this fiery way, which would be the fifth house, sun, Mars, and Sagittarius? If those aren't going well, then you might have outbursts with the moon in the 12th. But you also might try to stifle it. So, so anyway, proactive things would be making sure that you emote when you need to. Make sure that you get grounded. Make sure that you know you're safe. You know, make sure that the lines of communication with family are open, if at all possible. And that way you can make the energy flow a little better. But you, you know, the emphasis wants to be on that moon. So what are you doing with that moon? That, that's a big thing here. The other one to look at, uh, it is involving moon and Jupiter again. Moon, but this time moon is, uh, Sextile uh, looks like Uranus and also the asteroid Lilith in Virgo, early Virgo in the second. And and so you have a conversation between Moon and Uranus Lilith. And uh, this conversation may be like ticking or, you know, poking the rib or encouraging. And they're putting pressure on Jupiter in the seventh. Basically, their dynamic is putting pressure on Jupiter in the seventh. So uh, then you have the other one that um, – you know, this one will result in um, her interactions, Tracy's interactions with other people. And does she have faith? Can she have faith? Are people trustworthy? Are people there for her? Is that Jupiter and Aquarius used as um, you know innovation in relationship and having interesting people to play with, or is it used as trying to stay status and then finding rifts with people and sudden breaks? So again, consciously using that Jupiter will uh, will result in managing the energy. So Tracy, thanks for your patience as I went uh, in autopilot last week with Mercury retrograding on my Sun uh, when I fully intended to to answer the question. Uh, actually, just for everybody else, she wrote me and said I um. 
I wondered if you thought you had answered my question. <laughs> and they said, no, no, I didn't. I just, you know, because obviously it had nothing to do with it. But thanks again for writing. Um, this is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com and The Soul's Journey. I'm going to take my first break, and I'll be right back. answers to help you navigate life the book jehudi speaks offers wisdom channeled from ascended master jehudi aka thoth saint germain and merlin on humanity's opportunities during these exciting times jehudi speaks provides what you need to know to grow and evolve on earth now a compilation of four channeled books jehudi speaks explores karmic relationships our relationships with animals loss and death of all kinds why the imbalance between masculine and feminine occurred, and how to end it, and tools to evolve, including working with intuition and spirit guides, integrating past lives, and the truth about manifestation and abundance. Order Jehudi Speaks today through tdjacobs.com. The way you're wired is no accident. Your soul has divine intentions for this life. Understanding those intentions can bring greater peace and harmony to your world. A Soul's Journey soundbite from astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs is a 15-minute MP3 reading on your major life themes. Tom's unique approach to astrology sheds light on the big picture of you, your values, passions, fears, and family dynamics as divinely designed by your soul. Gift yourself and others with insight and understanding by ordering your Soul's Journey soundbite today at tdjacobs.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. Uh, my name is Tom Jacobs uh, from tdjacobs.com. I'm an evolutionary astrologer and channel. And uh, today's listener grab bag questions. And uh, I spent a long time talking about uh, Tracy's chart with Yods. Um, and now I'm going to kind of cycle through a handful of other questions from people posting on uh, my Facebook page, uh, which I put out a call about an hour ago. Hey, what do you want to hear tonight on the show? So I've got maybe like maybe six or eight questions I'm going to um, – I'm going to uh, to go through, uh, but let me tell you the page name is Evolutionary Astrology and Channeling with Tom Jacobs, and that's the best way to keep up with what I'm doing on a regular basis. I update that, you know, at least several times a week, if not daily, with new blog posts and event announcements, and also um, just thoughts on stuff happening. Like today, I posted about uh, the Moon void, of course, in Sagittarius, and how the impulse is to do some stuff, but it's void of course, so we might you know, need to pull back and wait and clean up old stuff and not initiate new things, and so I'm giving little tips and tricks sometimes on the page, and that's Evolutionary Astrology and Channeling with Tom Jacobs on the Facebook. Uh, so let's go on to some other questions. Katie asks uh, several questions, so I'll pick one or two. Can we see the level of consciousness or a change in the level of consciousness in the birth chart? And the answer is no. Well, I'll say something else about it, but the answer is no, you can't. All you can see in the natal chart itself, what you can see is a map of energy which is related to consciousness, but you have no 
idea which planets the person feeds, which, which energies the person avoids. You have no idea what experiences over time shape the person and in what directions. So for example, you know, you're sitting with a client who's 35 years old. You're looking at a chart of somebody who's 35 years old. So many transits have happened, so many progressions, all these kinds of solar arcs, all this stuff has go- gone on that has altered that person's experience of being uh, the self. So just one out of the myriad examples. Uh, you're sitting with a 35-year-old. Maybe that person is kind of processing the Saturn return, which occurs at around age 29 and a half. Maybe that person's like dealing with, what kind of an adult am I? What does my future look like? What am I doing on this planet? You know, uh, How can I stop try, you know, unconsciously turning into my parents, doing the things that I didn't like that they did? You don't know how they responded to the Saturn squares and oppositions younger in life. So at 14 and a half, 14, 15 years old, you know, you don't know how that person responded. So, so basically, and then again, you know, the waxing Saturn, uh, the waning Saturn square seven years later. So y- you don't know all these different things. Um, and from a birth chart, you can't tell somebody's state of evolution. And I caution you strongly against ranking people or categorizing them in uh, evolutionary states. This is something that some evolutionary astrologers do. Uh, it seems to be developed by, uh, by Jeff Green, who's an uh, evolutionary astrologer. And his, uh, the people who've kind of picked up his teachings and carried them on um, do this. Um, but, you know, from my perspective, you absolutely can't do it. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, you know, because it's, in, it's the opinion of the astrologer and uh, you know, just going through somebody's astrology certification program doesn't qualify you to rank people's consciousness level. So I would encourage you to kind of steer clear of that and be respectful if people think it's true, but it just, I just, I don't think it's true. Um, the change in consciousness, you can't actually tell how they responded to these questions of transits or the inner call of progressions. So the answer is no, but talk to the person. Ask the person a question. Uh, say, hey, you know, five years ago, what was going on with your job, you know, with the Saturn stuff? You know, uh, what was going on with your family and your parents five years ago? And you can get clues to how they uh, conceive of the energies and maybe how willing they are to roll with the questions. And, I mean, this really works well when you look at transiting planets as asking questions of the person and progressions as indicating inner change that's trying to happen or is happening and trying to come out and be expressed. And then you can kind of see how people roll with things and respond with things. So Katie, uh, thank you for that question. I think, uh, well, she also asked about Arabic parts and I don't, I don't use them. Um, she did ask one other thing, tracking transits to prevent potential illnesses. And this actually, I could probably do like a five hour monologue for you about this because I, I do a lot of, um, work for people on their health issues, releasing energies that either have manifested as serious problems or, uh, releasing energies potentially before they could become serious problems. Um, tracking transits, again, you see what the question somebody's being asked. So with a sat, with a Uranus transit, are you free? Uranus comes around, touch something in your chart. Are you original? Are, do you feel alive? Do you feel electric? You know, are you really here embodying yourself or are you stuck in somebody's idea of a status quo? And so, you know, the energy of individuation, and right now it's an Aries, so a fiery thing. If you don't do something like that, energies will get stagnant. If you repress the urge to free yourself, and it's a great question, actually, after the Pluto-Uranus, the fourth of the seven Pluto-Uranus squares. Uh, but if you don't free yourself, then you can have stagnant energies. And I don't say this, and I never talk about this stuff 
with any kind of doom and gloom warnings because um, how we respond can change in an instant, how we respond to any energies, how we uh, operate ourselves as conscious beings and as energetic beings, having emotions, having energies, thoughts, beliefs, feelings, how that works can change in an instant. And everything I, I do actually is, is trying to help you run your life more consciously. I, I often, Jehudi, the Ascended Master, will call it becoming a more conscious operator of your life, uh, which I think is kind of interesting way. So, Katie, thanks for those questions. Um, then Jen asks, how best to work with all the Scorpio energy to explore shadow and unconscious? Well, uh, Jen, listen to last week's show because I went into it quite a bit. Uh, and also earlier in, in – sometime in the last year, there's also a Saturn in Scorpio uh, show uh, uh, where I talked with uh, Dina DeCastro, an, uh, another evolutionary astrologer, and we, uh, we we chatted about that. But basically, what's the worst thing that can happen? Like, look at your fears. Look at what you're afraid will happen to or around you, and look at what you're afraid you might do or may choose to do, like might be forced to do, might choose to do, or might find yourself doing. So um, that's one way. So look at your fears. What's the worst thing that can happen? Make peace with that. Look at the parts of you that carry ugly feelings and or ugly motivations and decide to be chill with them. Decide to be cool with them. It's a longer story, but check out some of those things. And also I have a almost two-hour MP3 on, on Saturn and Scorpio. Uh, and that gives you, uh, well, almost two hours of, uh, of a marching orders and homework to really get to the depth of what uh, Scorpio transformation is really all about. So, Jen, thank you for that um, Thank you for that question. Uh, in a minute, uh, we'll take the first call. I'm going to look at one other question here. Um, uh, another uh, Jennifer asks, would also, would also love to hear about Saturn-Neptune contacts in the natal chart. Um, you have Saturn is, is structure and discipline and authority, and Neptune is connecting to a greater truth. Neptune can be slippery while Saturn is always trying to be concrete. So Saturn-Neptune uh, contacts in the chart, of course, it matters what the aspect is. But all the contacts have a person needing to figure out the right balance or which to use when. Should I surrender to the flow here in this dynamic, in this scenario? Should I make the choice to work hard here or should I surrender it here? And that's kind of the Saturn-Neptune um Thing that can be very challenging for people, for people to work with, because Saturn always says, "Are you working hard enough? Did you do enough? Are you structured and disciplined? Are you a grown-up?" And Neptune's also saying, or always saying, uh, which is very different, "Are you aligned with truth? Are you surrendering enough?" Now, again, depending on the aspect, but when you get into a good rhythm, you find these two different radio stations within you, and you're able to work hard and be realistic and you know aware of details and plans and goals with Saturn, uh, and also be willing to sacrifice certain things, but be in action to make things happen in a real way. And then you also can allow the Neptune uh, frequency of I think I can let this one go. And so that, that's kind of the challenge. So, so thank you for that question. And that's, uh, that's the, the basic answer. And then it could be one of the same gens or it could be a third gen. <laughs> we have a, uh, a third one on the, on, on the line. So, uh, Jen, are you there? Yes. It's, it's, um, it's Gr actually the first gen. 
Oh, okay, great. Okay, great. Uh, I was like, well, that's kind of weird. Three questions in a row. For <laughs> so great. So can I give your birth data out for people to uh, be able to follow along? Yes, that's fine. Thank you. February 27th, 1971, Los Angeles, California at 8.22 p.m. So I have to add that in. So Jen, um, what's the what's the question here? Uh, I'm, I'm in a real uh, changing time, um, primarily with my career and sort of what I want to do with my life. Um, so I'm kind of trying to get any, um, trying to find out what you might see in my chart to help me with that. Okay, great. Uh, just typing my little fingers data, typing, typing. That's our typing noise while you are on hold. Uh, just one second. Okay. Oh, well, of course. You've got a 12-degree Libra rising and a 13-degree Cancer midheaven. Is that true? Did I do that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and your moon's at uh, 18 Aries in the in the seventh, and uh, so so essentially, and Uranus is right on the ascendant natally with the asteroid Lilith in the twelfth. So all right. this Pluto Uranus business, you know, is uh, you know activating you in a serious way because they're, it's activating the angles, uh, who you think you are, what you're doing here, you know, do you have a mission? What's your foundation really? about and can you ask others for anything all that stuff the angles you know what i mean getting really shaken up um then at the same time you're you're nearing this uranus opposition and then you have this retrograde uranus right on the ascendant so you're, you're being asked to revolutionize pretty much everything while okay. you go within to find out you know who the expletive you really are which is the idea of pluto nearing the nadir or ic in Capricorn, you know, the the beginning of the fourth house. So, you know, if I, uh, you know, I'll ask you a question. How do you live with this Uranus in the first? Like how, you know, what do you understand about that? Or, or should I, should I feed you some, some ideas and you can give me feedback or, but, but that's where to start. What do you do with this Uranus? Um, yeah, good question. Um, well, I I do work in technology, in the technology field, and that's the uh-huh. one Part of my chart that I sort of uh, assimilate to that is sort of the um, ability to work with that type of energy. Um, yeah, it's sort of it can be a mystery to me, Uranus, okay. um, because I don't I don't I don't outwardly appear incredi- incredibly quirky or offbeat uh-huh. or, uh-huh. or that. Um, so well, you know, do you do you feel that you are really alive? Uh, no, no, okay. unless I'm doing more creative ventures, um, right. photography or, um, right. Yeah. Okay. The, um, so the to, technology that I've done for about yeah. 15 years to no longer be serving me. Right, right, right. Well, um, so, and it's not to pick on you because, you know, put you on the spot, but whatever you're calling it in my show, I'm going to put you on the spot, but, but with the Uranus, to be fair, it's retrograde. And that means that you, you, you know, very loud parts of you won't generally know what to do to really make that Uranus happy because that's that's the effect of a retrograde natally. We look okay. around at what yeah yeah. So I, I put you on the spot before I gave you the the free pass. But, but anyway, okay. um, <laughs> with the retrograde, we're not quite sure what we're supposed to be doing with it, 
And it can seem that the world is full of other people who seem to know what they're doing and have a plan about this energy. Uh, but we don't know. So we look around at what the people who seem normal seem to be doing. And you can't see my eyes, but I'm kind of squinting and my eyes are going back and forth kind of shifty eyed because I'm like trying to, you know, trying to figure out, well, what am I supposed to be doing? So what you will naturally do is try on for size what other people seem to have success regarding individuation, freedom, developing their own genius, being independent, but none of the things as modeled for you, like in, in friends and family, will work because mm. it is your job with this retrograde is to figure it out on your own through trial and error. And then people live decades you know, trying on models from other people and being frustrated and saying – Wait a minute. I don't really get that. So, so basically, what is it? You know, what does it mean to be free? You know, what does it mean? All these questions about Uranus. What is your genius? You know, what is? I'm just kind of being rhetorical right now, but like, um, let me give you some other ideas. How do you set yourself apart? How do you, um, never? You know, do you never? Oh my gosh, that's a weird. Hold on one second. Do you feel fenced in? And in general. How do you escape fences? So, so because with Uranus in the first, you know, you need to do that, but it's retrograde, so you know you're on a you're on a kind of a long term learning curve of figuring out the right way to do it. So, um, you know, I have Uranus in the first, but it's not retrograde. So I could tell you forty things that I, I have endeavored to do as like an investment in that energy, but none of them will. Pure, you know, another them in their pure states will work for you because you got to invent your own thing. So, but but finding that sense of aliveness through creating elbow room, and this is about independent, self-interested action as well. So, yeah, um, I do seem to get I do seem to get great ideas, but then yeah. the carrying out of that seems to not last or not. I don't mm-hmm. follow through is a weak spot for me, but I do get you know. Creative, you know, different insights or ideas. Um, yeah. Creative ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so so allow things to germinate and percolate, and allow things to fall away as well. You know, allow things to kind of um, uh, not last, and give yourself permission because that's part of the finding your own way with the retrograde. Like me, uh, I write um, I write satire. And that's kind of a goofy, playful, sardonic, sarcastic, Uranus kind of thing. And, and I, and I do it, and I used to get up when I lived in Boston, I used to where, which was actually, you know, not ironically, but I almost said that, um, my Uranus ascendant line, like I put Uranus square on the ascendant. So I used to get up and under a, a fake name, read absurd satire at, at open mics and make people like pee their pants. And, but it was like acting out, you know, but like, but like for you, you have to, play with it and allow it to develop in its own. For me, it just kind of happens because it's direct. But for you, it's like, so give yourself freedom to do that, but demand that you take the freedom. You know what I mean? That you actually are building in some kind of freedom. Um, so, so so, that's a kind of base baseline here. Uh, and also it's in Libra, so you're also very aware of the reactions of other people to you. And mm-hmm. it is opposing the moon, which is in the seventh house, which is, I really like to be liked but please don't step on me because it's an Aries. You know, so how do I deal with that? How do I individuate and have relationships? And that's that. That's one of the other ongoing things. And the Pluto is squaring these two while the Uranus, you know, is near the descendant. So um, shaking things up, and, and I'm just going to suggest that you make sure that you are willing 
to say no to what doesn't work for you. And it sounds very simple, right? It sounds mm-hmm. like a no-brainer. But we all get ourselves into structures which become, you know, status quo that then kind of morph into stultifying ruts. We all do that. That's the nature of, you know, we, we do things consistently over time. Your job in life is to learn how to shake things up, and that's going to involve relationships as well because the seventh house and the moon and the seventh are, are implicated here. Okay. Yeah, so that's a lot of generalities, and and uh, I'm not trying to be too vague, but that's like I want to give you the backdrop, because anything yeah. specific you can t- tell me is going to fit probably within that and within other transits too. But I'll also tell you that your asteroid Lucifer is right on the midheaven asteroid one nine three zero, and you can everybody should forget the, the the Christian mythology of the devil and Satan, but it's about doubt, and if we overcome doubt, then we can bring light. So there's also perhaps in and it's square the ascendant, square the Uranus, square the moon. So it's also possible that you might have a vision of what you could offer the world, Cancer in the tenth house, uh, offer your community, and um, you know you might hold yourself back because it might look like you'd be selfish if you invested in that vision. Do you know what I'm talking about? Selfish. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel, there's always a feeling of not knowing enough, but there's you're saying yeah. it's more of a yeah. Well, well, this idea of, um, you know, I'm just telling you, when you set yourself free, if there's any doubt that you should do so, please align your head with your heart. Know what your true motivation is. And mm. when your head and your ego are aligned with your heart and your spirit, then full steam ahead is kind of what I'm getting at. And the, because the Lucifer is involved with the Pluto Uranus squares because it's right on that angle in the 10th. So, yeah, so that, that's, what, that's what I have for you. Thank you for calling, Jen. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Be well. Good luck. Uh, And now I'm going to take the second break. This is Tom Jacobs uh, on The Soul's Journey. I'll be right back. answers to help you navigate life the book jehudi speaks offers wisdom channeled from ascended master jehudi aka thoth saint germain and merlin on humanity's opportunities during these exciting times jehudi speaks provides what you need to know to grow and evolve on earth now a compilation of four channeled books jehudi speaks explores karmic relationships our relationships with animals loss and death of all kinds why the imbalance between masculine and feminine occurred and how to end it, and tools to evolve, including working with intuition and spirit guides, integrating past lives, and the truth about manifestation and abundance. Order Jehudi Speaks today through tdjacobs.com. The way you're wired is no accident. Your soul has divine intentions for this life. Understanding those intentions can bring greater peace and harmony to your world. 
A Soul's Journey soundbite from astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs is a 15-minute MP3 reading on your major life themes. Tom's unique approach to astrology sheds light on the big picture of you, your values, passions, fears, and family dynamics as divinely designed by your soul. Gift yourself and others with insight and understanding by ordering your soul's journey soundbite today at tdjacobs.com. back to the soul's journey my name is tom jacobs from tdjacobs.com i'm an evolutionary astrologer and channel and today is a, a listener emailer and a caller a question grab bag for want of a smoother way to say that uh taking your questions you can call in uh please call if you're going to call uh, right now it's about a quarter till if you're going to call please call before 10 till because i want to make sure i get at least five minutes with you I, I don't like doing the whole rush deal you can tell that i have a you know a lot Lot of words to share, so so don't don't make it hard and rush me. So the number is eight seven seven two three zero three zero six two. Again, eight seven seven two three zero three zero six two. And until you call in, I'm going to go back to uh, my Facebook page and look at one other question that came in. Um, uh, and and it's from from uh, Jennifer who asked the, the question I answered before, but it's a second question. Uh, it says she's interested in hearing about transits or combination of transits raising the level of consciousness. And I think she must have read Katie's question about the level of consciousness and uh, tracking transits about illness and stuff like that. Uh, and and it's it's a really important topic this consciousness stuff and if you you know listen to the show with any regularity or you know you know I'm a channel you read my blog you're going to constantly read and hear references to consciousness uh and and this is true of lots of metaphysical teachers and people on the you know these kinds of radio stations etc um and so, you know, as I answered the question earlier, you can't see a level of consciousness in a chart. Well, with the transits, you know, combinations of transits, um, I was actually explaining uh, this to somebody, um, I guess last, last night. I went over for game night to a friend's house, and, and, um, and, and a couple of us in the room were, were in this midlife phase. So I, I talked about, you know, the layering of midlife transits, like Pluto square Pluto, Neptune square Neptune, Uranus opposition, uh, Uranus. And then Saturn square Saturn, kind of you know, in different orders depending on what what sub you know what what year you were born. Uh, and talking about the layering of that, and and, and I'm not going to go into that specifically, but talk about this generally. When you um, are being asked one question by a transiting planet, you are having life experiences come to you, which give you the opportunity to figure out a new way to respond. So, you know, if it's a Uranus transit, and it was just talking, you know, just talking with, um, with Jen about that, you know, natal Uranus on the ascendant, but now coming up to the Uranus opposition with Pluto squaring Uranus. But with the Uranus, uh, transit, the question, are you free? You know, are you original? Are you individuated? Do you feel like you're suffocating person? You know, like these kinds of questions. Um, you're going to probably go through an emotional process that, in which you confront potential resistance to change because you're a person, you're a human. You don't like change probably until, you know, we can grow into that. <laughs> uh, but most of us don't like that and we don't like life seeming to bring us, uh, you know, it's kind of like you watch The Rock kind of 
you know, tiptoeing across uh, the desert vista, and then the hard place is over here on your right, and you're like, wait a minute, that rock is going to sandwich me between it and the hard place. You know, you watch this coming. This is the effect of like an outer plane of transit. Like, like the rock, the boulder is actually like tiptoeing towards you. You know, with a little little cartoon noise, and you're like, wait a minute, and you can see it coming. Well, you don't like feeling cornered. You don't like having to respond or feeling that you must do something different. We don't want to change. So you're being asked a question. Well, that creates a, a, a kind of a, um, an emotional scene within you. And that's one frequency. It's If it's Uranus, it's the Uranian frequency. Am I free? And you know, Uranus coming to a natal planet will ask that planet if it's free. So like Uranus transit to Venus. It will be like, well, is your Venus free? You know, that kind of question. So it's like the Uranus intersecting with the Venus archetype, and it's kind of like you have to deal with this, change in relationship, innovation, freedom, sudden changes, you know, elevating choice, making new uh, informed decisions based on, you know, who you really are now as opposed to what you were doing years ago where you might have gotten yourself into an existing relationship. So, you know, and all the way around the wheel with all the archetypes. But that question is there and you you have a lot to deal with well then you also have saturn you know asking a question of your sun or your mars or your pluto so then you know, the saturn frequency is also in play now the uranium frequency is are you free the saturn frequency is um are you structured <laughs> and then perhaps you're having a neptune transit and the question is different the question is are you surrendering or are you trying to control everything and then a Pluto transit might be asking, um, where have you given away your power? Uh, do you fear – do you fear? But do you fear for your survival? Do you fear for – you know, that you're not strong enough to make it through some scenario? That's kind of what Pluto questions can can feel like. So how you respond to – let's say you have four four things in play. You know, let's say you have four things, and that's not uncommon, by the way to have kind of four things being activated in your chart in this way. Uh, and how you deal with one, the idea to change, the, the invitation to change, to alter your frequency, to, you know, that will affect your consciousness. And so it will, in an indirect way, affect how you deal with the other ones. So in the end, after saying all this, it's kind of a, gra- it's kind of a mixed bag. You don't, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know... Uh, how you're going to respond to any one of those. And this is why I think astrology is so phenomenally useful. Because if you're talking to an astrologer who, you know, views you with respect and especially an I'll just say it, an evolutionary astrologer who is treating you like a human and not some, you know, concrete manifestation of the data on the chart in front of him or her. But that you're a living, breathing person who, you know, is there to be supported and enlightened in some way and needs guidance and counsel. If you're talking to that kind of astrologer, um, then you can get this perspective of what you're being asked to do. And I think this is why evolutionary astrology is becoming so popular. Uh, somebody was recently telling me about an interview she heard on another podcast where um, uh, two astrologers were talking about how it seems like the major uh, fo- focuses of, of new interest in astrology or, or Greek stuff, ancient astrology, Hellenic astrology, and also evolutionary astrology. It's kind of like the old to go back to the structured thing and the new to get into like the evolutionary idea. And I think it's so appealing to people 
uh, because it's about choice and free will. It's about honoring who you are as a person and giving you information so you have tools to make better choices and always telling you you're being asked this question. So if you're, if, if you're, look, if you're sitting in your house by yourself looking at Saturn square your sun and Pluto opposing your Jupiter and uh, Uranus sextiling your moon and your like, you know, what the expletive is this supposed to mean? You know, you can look stuff up online, but you need to talk to a person and ask questions of somebody who is, you know, respectful of you as a real being because all these things getting layered together require sorting out. You know, uh, Pluto square my Venus right now uh, is modified by the fact that Uranus is opposing the Venus. So piecing those things together is extremely important. And I, I do transit readings for people all the time. So so feel free to call me. Uh, you know, uh, If you get a soul's journey soundbite, that's just the formula about the karmic journey in your chart. But a real live reading, whether it's an MP3 recorded without you based on your questions or an actual conversation, uh, is extremely valuable uh, to get to the bottom of things. But But you have to look at the group of transits that you're talking about. And then understand that any of them could be louder in one particular day, week, month, or year. And how, you know, like if I'm really distracted by my Pluto square Venus, for example, I might not really notice that Pluto's also squaring Chiron. Or I might not notice that um, Jupiter's trining my sun. And so we can get emotionally wrapped up in certain things. And so that does also affect how consciousness is ultimately affected through our choices you know, if we're distracted by certain things. So so I, I recommend following your transits, you know, being aware of what's going on. You can do that through all kinds of astrology software, including free software online. Um, and uh, you can learn to read an ephemeris, which is the table of planetary positions, uh, learning how to read that and understanding, uh, you know, the general kind of movement of planets like, you know, Mercury's orbit around the sun is 88 days. So, you know, every 88 days, Mercury returns, you know, to the same spot. And, you know, knowing those things, being aware that a solar month is 30 days long, so you can kind of gauge how certain things move. But that kind of level of awareness is a great leg up on sorting through what you're feeling. Because the other thing to say about this whole thing when I said, you know, uh, with Jen's question where you get the, the certain questions can be not seen clearly because you're focusing on the emotional component related to other questions or transits, uh, which is to say transits. Um, when you um, pile all these things up together, at first, you might not be clear how to sort everything out. But when you understand the questions of Uranus are about freedom. The questions of Pluto are about strength. The questions of Uranus are about surrender and release. The questions of uh, – uh, I can't even remember what I've said, so if I keep going, I'll repeat myself. <laughs> little Mercury retrograde moment. Uh, well, like, wait a minute. I'm on Earth, on the radio. What's going on? Um, anyway, I uh, hope that was helpful, Jennifer, and for, and for the rest of you. Um, but it can be kind of crazy. I, I remember having uh, – and this was when I was – when I when I immersed myself in astrology, I noticed at that time that I had Uranus square my moon while Neptune was squaring my sun. And um, when I really started tuning into those frequencies and, and looking at what those were asking me to do, and I was working with Steve Forrest's ideas, which is this idea of a planet asks you a question in transit. Um, and how will you respond to this energy and situations that have to do with this energy and people and opportunities. I was working with those ideas and they were kind of um, 
new and shiny in my mind. And frankly, I was overwhelmed at those two because my son, who I think I am, what I think I need to do to be sane, and my moon, uh, my happiness, my sense of safety and security, each being squared by outer point of transits with extremely different questions. In Uranus to moon, um, break away from what's familiar in order to grow, and Neptune's sun what you think you are, you actually need to start surrendering and or let dissolve. And if you don't let it dissolve, it's just going to go away. And so that kind of erosion and then enli- you know, with the Neptune process and then enlivening with the Uranus process, it was really confusing. And I remember, um, honestly, if you asked me then – how do you, you know, how is your consciousness changing? I probably, you know, I probably would have looked at you with um, frustration, and I, I probably would have started crying because it was a powerless time. It really felt, it really felt like I, I couldn't get anything done, but I had to, but I couldn't. So it was a really challenging time. So that that's kind of the experience, and and you know, as I remember it now, ten years later, roughly, uh, that is all I remember. I honestly cannot remember what Pluto might have been doing or Saturn or Jupiter or Chiron, honestly, because those two things occupied my attention. But those other planets probably were doing something, just maybe not as impactful or serious. So thanks to everybody uh, for your questions. I think this Facebook uh, dealio and having people you know, post questions before the show. I think it works out great because uh, then I can reference it and check. And uh, you know, as you're listening, you can you can think of questions and put them up there too. Um, so thanks for listening to the show. I'm gonna um, uh, just encourage you to uh, to to sign up for the for the channeling event, the Transforming Self Doubt Channeling Event. Um, what I'm going to tell you is that is that it provides a leg up. This is a Saturday. Uh, November 9th this week. And actually, my birthday is Friday. Uh, I'm turning 41, which is weird to me because I feel like I'm probably eight years old in a 40-year-old's body. Like, I feel that kind of mercury, you know, youthfulness. And uh, But then suddenly, it's going to be a 41-year-old's body, so I'm having kind of a weird, uh, 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 unsteady paradigm shift. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm still aging. What's going on? I'm, I thought I was always, you know, that, that young. Anyway, um, so Friday is my birthday. So this Sun-Saturn conjunction in Scorpio uh, is in my solar return chart. And the very first thing that I'm going to be doing, obviously the next day, is this intense energy work thing to help you transform uh, any self-doubt that you carry. Uh, so I'm excited about that. I'm really excited about that. And um, – and, uh, you know, anyway, so, uh, just with just about a minute left, um, so go to tdjacobs.com forward slash time to sign up for that. Go to the entry for November 9th. And if you're curious, um, you can go to tdjacobs.com forward slash the letter C, C34, you know, so C34.html. And that has all the feedback, the amazing, uh, wonderful feedback from the last event, which was the end of August, that energetic clearing event i encourage you to get that uh to clear out energies and then get this one that we're about to do on saturday to take the next step of uh transforming self-doubt so and if you're in troy michigan see me on november 23rd at yoga troy all the details are at tdjacobs.com thanks for listening and i and uh thanks for the the handful of people who who sent in donations over the last week uh, to support the show i heard from three people really grateful for that and you can donate through tdjacobs.com forward slash soul.html Have a good week. 
You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology and soul, inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com. 